listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Road to Omaha Podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm your host, Tony. I'm here with my guy, Dez. And Dez... We have finally completed the regular season of college baseball. It's been a long road. Started back in February. We're here at the end of May now. And conference play, conference tournaments start tomorrow. Now, Des, before you say anything, I got a little tidbit for everyone here. Four teams in the entire NCAA, well, maybe not the entire NCAA, but in the top 25, finished with 40 or more wins. Arkansas, Tennessee, and then there, there's two other teams here. I, I don't know who they are, but I, I kind of want Des to tell our listeners who the other two teams in the top 25 that finished with 40 or more wins. Could, do you have a guess on that, Des? Look, we're unbiased national Division One baseball journalists. And at times, yes, we've been we've – been, um, picked and probed and made fun of our allegiances to our teams on this podcast. And that sometimes was it fair? Maybe. I don't think so, but other times it wasn't. And at the end of the day, when we began our real road to Omaha, the university of Texas Longhorns and the Mississippi state Bulldogs both went 40 and 13 on the season. I mean, what, what do you want out of this pod? I mean, the two teams that we represent are two of the top teams in the country. And we're here unbiased and giving our, our professional opinions of, of what's happened throughout the year. And it just happened to be a byproduct of us backing winners. Texas is back. Mississippi state is back. The good times are rolling. It, it's honestly not a big deal. 40 wins, not, not a big deal. 40 and 13. Um, Texas was one of the most consistent teams throughout the entire season, Arkansas hit home run after home run after home run after home run. And Tennessee surprised, I think, a majority of people because 42 and 14 is not a record that anyone expected out of Tennessee in the regular season. Granted, we haven't gotten to the SEC tournament and we haven't been at the regional and we haven't been in the super regional yet. So I, I attached myself to the Tennessee bandwagon earlier this season. If they end up meeting the Mississippi State Bulldogs, I will completely burn, crash, destroy the Tennessee bandwagon. I don't care about the volunteers if that happens, but as of right now, still on the Tennessee bandwagon, but I've got a bone to pick with the SEC. Yeah. They are we, are we, are we taking the big, bad, mighty SEC? We're we putting them on the chopping block right now. What are we doing? Yes. Um, Sir Greg, the president, um, got a bone to pick. So SEC, they released their, um, first and second team all sec teams this afternoon monday afternoon as you're listening to this um mississippi state tanner allen he won sec player of the year that's an accomplishment in itself a lot of great hitters a lot of great pitchers kumar rocker jack Leiter, those guys they could have easily won it they won the pit one of them won the pitcher award but tanner allen won the overall player of the year award but i'm not mad about that obviously On the first team, All-SEC, Landon Sims was not on the first team, All-SEC. That's rough. 
and Landon Sims was the best reliever or closer in all of college baseball. In all of college baseball, it, it wasn't even close. Everybody talked about him the entire season. Pitching Ninja has him nightly on the weekends. He was on there two two times every weekend. He pitched three innings every weekend, and he never lost a game. He gave up like four runs the entire season. He struck out a billion people, and his numbers were absurdly great and better than everybody else in the SEC. And somehow, some way. He's not on the first team, all SEC. He's on the second, which is still an accomplishment. But when you're better than everybody else in the country, there's no way you should be on a second team of anything. Neither here nor there. Texas, Mississippi State, both back. Heard it here first. Not a big deal. Look, we, we as unbiased national media journalists, like we absolutely were critical of our teams throughout the season. And we, we presented information as it came across, and at the end of the day, winners win, and that's where we are right now. Um, obviously, uh, one of our teams is the Big 12 champion. Um, the other isn't, but that's not for me to say or, or take a victory lap on, but as we go through the road to Omaha, it runs through Starkville, and it runs through Austin, it looks like, uh, bearing any foreseen things, I believe. I believe both our teams are going to get a national seed, and they control their destiny, and everything's opening up. It's going to be max capacity. We talked about it. We teased about it. We said, hey, NCAA, look at us. Love us. Choose us. And they did, and they're giving us max capacity, and it's going to be a circus, an absolute circus on top of a circus that college baseball already is in the playoffs. Yeah, so if you haven't already looked, on D1 baseball, they have a projected field of 64. This is going to update over time as the SEC and the Big 12 and the Pac-12, all these tournaments start going down. All of these things are going to kind of start meddling out. But the top eight, they're not going to go chalk, but they're going to be pretty darn close. So Arkansas, Vandy, Texas, that's your top three national seeds. I think that stays that way, regardless of what happens to Arkansas and Vanderbilt and the SEC and what happens to Texas and the Big 12. Number four seed is Arizona. Okay. It, sure, whatever. Tennessee is the five seed. Okay, I'm good with that. Notre Dame is the six seed. Now, here's where I'm a little confused. Vanderbilt is 29 and 10. Mississippi State is 40 and 13. Texas is 40 and 13. I mean, Notre Dame's 29 and 10. Yes, Notre Dame is 29 and 10. Correct. And Oregon is 35 and 13. East Carolina is 38 and 13. Ole Miss is 38 and 17. A lot of teams with a lot more wins and not as many, like they have only three more losses. Correct. So the fact that Notre Dame being a projected six seed doesn't make sense to me. They don't have a lot of wins. They play in the Big Ten, not a great baseball conference in the, the past season, I guess, because Michigan was in the national title game. I get that. That was 2019. We're in 2021 now. Big Ten, or the ACC has been – very confusing this year. No one's been good. I'm all over the place right now. Notre Dame being in the sixth projected six overall seed is a little concerning for me. Yeah, I think I definitely think it's a little inflated. Um, I think there's, I, I would argue Texas Tech, you know, should be at a better. I think Mississippi State and Texas Tech should be a lot more comfortable than they are going to conference tournament play. 
um, because I think their margin of error, if they drop that first game, it's it could go against them a bit, uh, which sucks because I don't see how Notre Dame if, – if you're going to have Notre Dame as a, as a top national seed, it's got to be eight, right? Like, if you're going to put them there, and even then it's still like, are you sure? So is, is it a bone? Are they throwing a bone? Like, to the ACC, I mean, I don't – Notre Dame has played good baseball, and they're the only – only school that we've kind of touted in that Jekyll and Hyde conference about showing up, but six, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, the, the eight seed, if you're going to give them anything, cause an eight seed, if they were to win a regional, they would end up hosting a super regional as long as they didn't play the other top seven teams. If you're looking at Oregon at 10, think Oregon's more deserving than Notre Dame they've played a better season they've played a harder conference a tighter conference um East Carolina they've been more consistent they have more wins granted I don't think East Carolina's really played anyone super big super hard just as Notre Dame hasn't done that either but they have more wins and only three more losses I'd even give Ole Miss a a nod over Notre Dame and this because Ole Miss plays in the the toughest conference and they've played I, I get that they lost four out of five, whatever. It's fine. But Ole Miss is more deserving of that. Florida had a terrible start to the season. They're more deserving of that. And Notre Dame, I don't think, has earned a national seed. And if D1 baseball has them like that, maybe they have to give an ACC team a national seed just to make it look good. I don't know. But on the ACC front, can we talk about what's on the top of that article of D1 baseball? Yeah, we can talk about it. So there's a last five in. Last five teams projected to get into the field of 64, Indiana State, Indiana, Pittsburgh, California, and Baylor. Hold on. Hold on. Everyone, everyone watching right now, everyone, you're not even watching, you're listening. You should see Stoney smirk before he said, can we, can we talk about this? Because he has been sitting on this and we've been sitting on it for the entire year. I'm just going to tease it because I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him take it away. But you should have seen the smile this kid had. It was, it was like a little kid going down to open his Christmas gift that he already peeked into the closet two weeks ago. He already knows what it is, but he's so damn excited to finally open it. So, all right. We've been here all season. We started this podcast, I believe, on the third weekend of college baseball. I have been on this team, and you have been on this team all season long. We've been on this conference all season long because it doesn't make sense, and you're not as good as what you appear on all of these rankings and all of these things. And finally, for the love of God, D1 baseball may have just gotten it right. On the first five out, number 65, which would be the first team not in the tournament, the University of Louisville. God, God, thank you. I've hate I I just hated watching them all season because the, they'll win one and they win 13 to 2. And you're like, okay, they're figuring it out. The bats are up. The, Pitching's good. The next game they lose 10 to two, and then they lose the next game like seven to five. Like, what happened? I don't get it. And you're losing to teams that you don't lose to ever. I just don't get it. I don't understand Louisville because they were the national title contenders at the beginning of the season. Everyone's talking about Louisville and Vanderbilt, Louisville and Vanderbilt. And here we are, first five out. You're the first one out. Goodbye, Louisville. I hope you don't win a game in the ACC tournament because I don't want to see your faces. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a Louisville fan, but that's how I feel. Look, we 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 said it. We're like, is what team? What Louisville team's gonna show up? And, and we were on. I felt like we we're on the wrong side. Every we were like, okay, they're probably gonna show up this week. They did it. They're not gonna show up. They did. And it was just a, a a yo-yo effect all year. And they were still constantly in the top fifteen. And we're just like, why? Like, do they have dirt on someone at at D one? I mean, like, Kendall, step up. Let's 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 knock them down. But if they only win one game, I think they're in. I think they just got to win one. Yeah, that's that's probably all it takes because they're probably not super far out of the top 25 at this point. They're probably in the 30s. Um, so one game in the ACC tournament, depending on who they play, if they play the bottom feeders, then I don't know. But if they play like Virginia, Notre Dame, yeah, I, don't, I just want to see Louisville lose in the ACC tournament so I don't have to deal with this because we've called them frauds since the first time we brought in the fraud or not segment. I'm out on Louisville. We've been out on Louisville, and I don't want to see their faces in the regionals. Because if they get to the regionals and they get hot and they end up making it to Omaha, I'm canceling the podcast, I'm deleting Twitter, and I'm out of here, all right? But, like, I feel like that's a possibility. Like, they they would do something like that just to spite us. And now that uh, I've said it out loud, it's going to happen. So. Gonna, so they have the 11 o'clock game tomorrow morning, uh, five, uh, May 25th at 11 a.m. against Clemson. Uh, early start. That's a uh, that's a trap game. We we like to say in the in the betting business. So um, early early starts kind of suck. So hopefully uh, we see some good baseball. I mean, I'm just excited, Sony. We're here. We're finally here. We're we're in conference tournaments uh, next week. We're gonna start diving into the regionals and, and all of that. And that's gonna be a, a five hour long podcast. But it's 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 all here. It's it's the playoffs. It's go time. It's finally here, and we're going to talk more about that right after this. And welcome back to the Road to Omaha podcast presented by Apollo Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Road to Omaha Pod, and you can follow Apollo at Apollo H-O-U. If you haven't already, hit that five-star button and leave, leave a nice review. Tell me how we do. Tell me how you hate Mississippi State because I continually talk about how they're good. I can't help it. They won 40 games this year. One of four, four teams in the top 25, not a big deal. But follow us on Twitter, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. Now, Des, the field of 64, it, it's looking a little chaotic. But there's one regional that's kind of standing out to me right now as I'm looking at it, the Gainesville Regional. So you got Florida, and then South Alabama is the four seed, Miami as the two seed, and Fairfield as the three seed. If we can get a nice Florida-Miami matchup, Oh, 100% capacity. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's just sounding so good right now because at the beginning of the season, Miami, they beat Florida. No one thought they could do it, but they beat Florida. Is Florida going to be angry? Is Florida good again? We, is Miami good again? I don't know. I don't know. That's just That sounds intriguing, and I hope that one happens. I mean, it's all going to shift, right? It's all projections right now before the conference tournaments, but uh, we can dabble in it. And the one that I like is our Diamond Dogs as a two seed in the Oxford regional. Um, I mean, that, that will get you bricked up, right? Because if the, our diamond dogs upset Ole Miss. And, in and Oxford, it, would be a, it would be a bulldogs team beating Ole Miss. It, it's just, it's poetic in, in sorts. Ole Miss just can't beat the bulldogs in, in baseball. It'd be awesome. Yeah. It, uh, it would be, uh, it would be 
quite poetic if our Diamond Dogs did that. Um, that's one that stands out as well. How do you feel about your projected? Obviously, this is all early on. Um, things are going to change, but you're, you're Starkville. Yep. I'm always a fan of when other Mississippi teams have to come for a regional. So Mississippi State and Southern Miss, they, they would be the one, two seats there. And then Southern as the four seed, Baylor as a three seed. Baylor's a little weird because aren't they parting ways with their coach or my, did I find that was Rice and Texas A&M. I'm yeah, all Rice and Texas. Yeah, that's that's breaking news for all the listeners right now if you don't know. Rice University getting rid of, which was always a weird hire. Matt Bragger coming from a Tennessee Tech who he should have stayed there. He could have built something up and Rice got him. He doesn't know, he didn't know Texas. He didn't know the circuit travel ball stuff and it was just, in over his head um big fan of tennessee tech though yeah they were great because they because they beat old miss so always a fan from them and obviously they played texas that year too but um texas tech looked like they were gonna get robbed again losing a coach uh but they paid a significant contract extension uh the words of kendall rogers to keep him locked in to keep him in Lubbock for the duration of his career. Uh, A&M, who let, let go of Childress, who had been there for, you know, shoot, 13 years, I believe. Uh, they let go of him. So A&M all of a sudden is uh, is looking around to fill a vacancy, and Kendall Rogers also reporting Rice as well. So it's going to be uh, interesting who they go get. The hot stove is cooking. Yes, yeah, A&M was very underwhelming this season because very. they had pitching. And they beat Texas. And they beat Texas. One game, not a big deal. Um, but Texas A&M, very underwhelming. The pitching we thought was going to be there was not there. The hitting certainly wasn't there this season. So that didn't make any sense. And it's understandable by their parting ways, I guess. Um, I want to talk about Texas Tech, though. Tim Tadlock, a lifetime extension. Now, look, I, I didn't know how old Tim Tadlock is. I, I still don't because I, I didn't look it up. But I looked at the picture on Twitter. He doesn't look very old. 50s? I'll look it up. But regardless, he doesn't look very old. Maybe he's, he's a spry 65-year-old man, and he's just riding it out for another six years, whatever. 52 years old. Okay, so he's 52. He's got at least 20 years in him probably. Baseball, you can coach forever. Bro, lifetime contract. What if he sucks in five years? You got to pay him out $100 million? I don't don't know how big baseball budgets are. They're not that big. but you have to pay out, like, his children, too? Like, how does that work? Lifetime contract. So he would coach until he either retires or he dies. It's not the Supreme Court, but it's the Supreme Court in this situation. Like, he's not – he can't go anywhere. So he will never be able to coach another team unless he gets fired, I believe. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he retires. He can't coach another team. He can come back to Texas tech, but he wouldn't be able correct. to coach another team. Like, and he's done great things there. Uh, he's taken the red Raiders to four college world series. He won the big 12 three times. I believe he's 336 wins and only 165 losses. Uh, 116 wins and 76 losses in big 12 play. Like the, the dude wins and they're primed to make a, another run this year. Uh, and it, Texas tech always seems they always get robbed from coaches. Uh, Texas just did that with Chris Beard on, on the basketball side this past off season. So um, 
good for good for Timmy. That uh, signing a lifetime contract's got to be a cool ass thing to do. Like it just is inf- like an infinity sign next to next to years. Like how does that work? Yeah, who, is who that else the language has a, on the contract? Who has a lifetime contract other than LeBron with Nike? And that's only like a billion dollars. Not a big deal with a B. Um, Tim Tadlock. Congratulations. You you don't have to worry about job security because if they fire you, they got to pay you a lot. I don't know how much you're getting paid, but I would assume it starts with seven figures based on what I know what Chris Lalonas makes. Like you're making some money. So good for you, Timmy. Grand, grand, grand contract for him. Now Look. we'll talk about this in like five years or maybe seven, maybe 10 and maybe he sucks and he can't connect with the younger generation anymore. And Texas Tech's like, well, shit, how are we going to get out of this contract? What do we got to pay him? That's that's future Texas Tech problem. They they don't care right now. So that's a that was a cool college baseball thing. That that kind of gives me hope for the future of college baseball because after this season, lots of coverage, lots of people talking about it, lots of people tweeting about it, and now coaches are getting lifetime contracts. People are getting fired and people are talking about it. It's, it's just good for college baseball, the drama, the effects. And I just want Ole Miss to lose in the SEC tournament the first first game tomorrow. So not a big deal. Um, yeah, the, the field of 64 looks very intriguing. Obviously, it's going to change. It's kind of upsetting. But the Fort Worth Regional is another one I kind of looked at. TCU and Dallas Baptist is the number three seed in that one. Get a little Fort Worth-Dallas rivalry going. Dallas, Dallas Baptist is always – decent at they're least. always a tough out so that that would be fun east carolina and south carolina in the same regional in greenville would Ooh. be fun i'm loving the rivalries that d1's Ooh. putting together right here and if they don't bring them to me i'm going to be very upset very upset michigan notre dame in the south bend regional that's another rivalry that one's good oh man i'm, I'm just excited because college baseball already has a playoff type feel in the regular season. But now we finally get the postseason. We finally get more drama, which is insane because college baseball is drama. That's all it is. There's nothing else other than drama the entire season. But now we get more of it. We get more of it. Uh, it's just oh, I'm sweating right now. My hands are sweating right now just, just reading this projected um, fill the 64 and these potential regionals. And we haven't even touched conference play yet, conference tournament play. Uh, it's just, it's exciting. Like we're, we're finally here, like through all, all of COVID, all the stuff going on, uh, there's going to be an actual road to Omaha. And it's, I, I just want to soak in every minute. I want to watch every game and it's going to suck because we can't watch every single game because the marketing and, and the getting all the games on TVs is like trying to pull a tooth. It's so tough sometimes, but God, it's, I just can't wait to watch and soak in all this baseball. It, it's going to be beautiful because the last time I was watching SEC tournament baseball was in 2019 and Mississippi state was playing LSU until 3:45 in the morning. It was nearly 4 AM or maybe it was nearly 3 AM whatever it was, it was late. I was tweeting the game, 17 innings on the late game. The game didn't start till 945. You're already miserable. Like, how am I going to stay awake? You drink three Red Bulls. You have a coffee. You're like, I need Adderall, but I don't have an Adderall pre- prescription. So what are you going to do? 
So you're up all night, you're watching baseball. And then the 17th inning, you're like, Mississippi state already has a national seat. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Get me out of this game. I don't care anymore. But then you care because they hit the walk-off in the 17th inning and you can go to bed happy instead of pissed off. Even though I was a little bit pissed off when I went to sleep because it was three something AM, but postseason baseball is better than nearly everything in any sport because there's just drama and drama makes for a good watch and Vanderbilt and Arkansas scared the living shit out of me because they still seem like the two best teams Arkansas for sure Arkansas has been consistent since what the second week of SEC play they haven't really lost anything I don't think Arkansas if they don't win if they're a wagon they're just so good they're terrifying so Arkansas won the SEC regular season title, which is grand and all. The SEC tournament also doesn't really matter because they're going to be a national seed regardless of what they do. If they don't end up in Omaha, something went horribly wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a, a massive um, injury to, to multiple players or a COVID outbreak. Like, uh, That's the one thing I, I don't know how teams are going to operate at, at this point this far in the season. Um, I know there was news today that Baylor is going to be out with two of their top arms, one due to COVID protocols and one to a minor arm injury for the Big 12 tournament. So um, if, if I'm a top, a top eight seed program, and not, take, not disrespect to any other program, but if I'm a top eight program, I'm putting all my kids in bubble wrap and keeping them in their own little bubble because um, you didn't work this hard for this moment and getting the extra year eligibility, all that stuff to then have a slip up with breaking COVID protocols and, and, and going through all that. So um, it's gonna be interesting how, how teams navigate that. Also, if there's an outbreak at a regional, like there's a lot of questions that go on because these teams aren't going to be in a bubble like, like they did for other, uh, for the NCAA, you know, basketball tournament. I know they're going to do precautions and all that stuff, but uh, there's a lot of moving parts and to see everything navigates and it'd be really interesting. Obviously, hopefully by this time, you know, when regionals kick off, there's nothing going on there, but uh, that is something we do have to talk about because it's, it's relevant still. Yeah. Can the teams like if everybody's vaccinated, 80% are vaccinated, can they go the whole no mask and dugout? Like, it yeah. doesn't look like Chris Lamonis, the head coach of Mississippi State, has been wearing a mask during games recently. He hasn't been wearing them in his post-game interviews. Um, there's, it's going to be very questionable because Mississippi State, they haven't been wearing masks in the stadium. They make you wear them when you scan your ticket in, yeah. and then you can take it off right after you get in there. They're just, uh, they're going willy-nilly, no masks, just vibes, no just vibes. So, it's it's going to be strange. Because every team's going to be different. Like if Stanford or Oregon hosts a regional, there's probably not going to be anyone there. If there are going to be people there, it's going to be very few. But on the other hand, we were watching the New York Knicks and the NBA, and they have 15,000 people in Madison Square Garden in New York City, the biggest city in America, a hotspot. I don't know. So it's, it's confusing. No one knows the right answers. No team has the right answers. And every team is probably going to go about it differently. So, yeah, like you said, what if a team has a breakout and you you can't control that? Like, if what if you're missing your whole infield and you got to play a straight freshman 
that have, haven't yeah. touched the field all season. Dude, imagine going your Friday guy going down. Ooh. Like, whew. and I don't know. It's it's just, I mean, that's worst case scenario, obviously. But uh, going into the conference tournament weekend, uh, what are you looking forward to as as a fan, not as an unbiased national media journalist, um, but as a fan of Mississippi State, what do you want to see in the SEC tournament as a whole, as a collective, and two from the Mississippi State Bulldogs? I'd like to see chaos. Really? I'm an agent, I am an agent of chaos. I want Mississippi State to win their first game against Florida or Kentucky, whoever wins that uh, first game on Tuesday when they play on Wednesday morning, 9.30 a.m., by the way. Um, still getting my coffee in, and I'm going to have to turn the TV on somewhere at work. I don't know where. Um, Mississippi State playing at 9.30 a.m. I'm much more of a fan of 9.30 a.m. than p.m. starting a game, but that's going to be difficult to get up for. How many people are going to be in Hoover at 9.30 a.m.? How many people are going to be excited in Hoover? Because Mississippi State, they usually show out in Hoover. It's only 141 miles from Starkville and Birmingham. It's in Hoover. Um, so they got to win the first game. I think if they win the first game, they pretty much lock up a top eight seed. So that's that's all I'm really worried about because the SEC tournament doesn't really matter. It looks cool. You can put it on the wall. You can say SEC tournament champions 2021, but – it doesn't matter. The, the goal is Omaha. The goal is to win a national championship. And I'd like to see some progress. They had a, a shaky week two weeks ago against Missouri. Um, lost a series at home. Didn't look good, frankly. But then Will Bednar comes out and throws eight innings. What? No runs, two hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts on a Saturday. And that's your Saturday guy. Granted, I know they played Alabama, but he can go out there and throw eight innings against that team. If he can give you six innings against a really good team in the SEC tournament, you got a really good shot. I want to see Mississippi State beat either Vanderbilt or Arkansas. That's what's going to make it good for me. That's what's going to make me happy. That's what's going to make me feel hope heading into the, the rest of the postseason because they got whipped up by Arkansas and they beat Vanderbilt only one time. And the other two times they had a chance to beat him. So if they are able to beat one of those two teams, in the second, third round, whatever of the SEC tournament, I'll be I'll be content. They don't have to win the SEC tournament, although I'd love them to do that so they can do a dog pile in the middle of Hoover and put up the SEC circle sign on cardboard. Basically, like it'd be cool, but it's not the end goal. The end goal is Omaha. So, as a fan of Mississippi State, win a couple of games, secure the national seed, beat Arkansas or Vanderbilt. I'm completely content. Yeah, I, I think. I think one and first and foremost as a fan is getting the guys uh, completely healthy through this conference tournament. I'd rather honestly punt this tournament. I'd rather skip Texas going to Oklahoma City and playing this uh, these games because they're locked in kind of where they are. Uh, you know, the number two team in the country. Nothing they do here is going to help them out. Um, it could only hurt them. So. Uh, Opting out would be would be cool. It would be a cool option just because, I mean, I think Arkansas would do the same. There's there's no point. I guess, you know, like you said, another another trophy in the, in the trophy case. But um, we'll see. I, I just – we're spoiled as fans and, and us content creators get to watch more baseball. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm all about 17-inning walk-offs as long as it's not my team. 
because I don't want to stay up very late and I, I don't want to be there for six hours. I, I lived through World Series game five, 2017, 2 a.m., 1 a.m., whatever it was, Mississippi State, 17 innings, 2019. I'm tired of having to stay up until the next day to watch my team walk it off. Just went into the ninth. That's all I ask. Went into the ninth. 17 is far too many. Now, the Pac-12, we haven't really touched on it yet, but Arizona at six, Stanford at nine, Oregon at 10. That's fun. That was a lot of fun, Pac-12. Thank you for that, for making up for the ACC. Garbage of a conference. I'm still tired of it. I'm still upset. ACC, get out of my face. Pac-12, West Coast baseball. Someone on the West Coast, can we buy some cameras and some wires and some computers so we can get some streaming services down so I can watch Pac-12 baseball at like 7 or 8, 9 p.m. on a Sunday while we're recording this podcast because I'm tired of not being able to watch it because that was too good to not be able to watch at least a couple of the games this season. Yeah, uh, it's we look, we talked about it, right? We complained about it. I would say it's probably a better thing. We, we just want to see what's going out there because it's been really good baseball. So, uh, and honestly, I think it's a, it's, I, I don't know who, who's going to win that conference tournament. And I think that was one of, is one of the conference tournaments that is going to be uh, big implications on seeding and regionals. I think our, our teams in the, the upper echelon of the big 12 of the SEC are kind of, you know, penciled in already, but, out west that you know how you how you finish up is going to be uh where where you where you finish up as a seed in in a regional and it it, you may be in charlotte or you may be in starkville you know you don't want that you know so um we'll see it's currently projected 64 from d1 baseball subject to change we know that don't get mad at us there's a eugene and a stanford regional Stanford's number nine, Oregon's number 12, but Arizona's number four. And I think it's because they won the Pac-12, so they they got their bid. I think they're in. I think they're kind of locked into a top eight seed, which is kind of frustrating because what if Oregon just steamrolls or what if Stanford steamrolls the Pac-12 tournament and they just beat everybody and they're the best Pac-12 team, but Arizona's already locked in. What do you do about that? You can't do anything about that. And that's frustrating, especially if you win your regional and you got to go to Arizona to play in a super regional for three games where you get to beat the home team once, but you're playing in Arizona. So you're not getting a home game, but you won the Pac-12 tournament and steamrolled everyone and end up with more wins than Arizona by the time the regional starts. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like Arizona being kind of locked in at the four seed right now. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't get the automatic bids either because Pac-12 is a, a power five, but, like, I, I don't get that because I get Arkansas and Texas being locked in, but Arizona wasn't that much better than Oregon or that much better than Stanford. Vanderbilt should also be locked in. There's no way they're moving from two or three. Texas is going to be two or three. Vanderbilt's going to be the other one. So I don't understand why Vanderbilt can't be locked in because they could lose – back-to-back games in the SEC tournament, and we don't have to see them again till the regional because they're going to host a regional and they're going to host a super, super regional if they get there. It's very confusing. College baseball, can you can you give me like a, a Wikipedia doc and tell me 
why everything is the way it is in college baseball because that's not available. So I, I and I don't want someone else to write it for me. I just want the NCAA to give me sound reason documents of why things are the way they are. And guess what? We're never going to get that because NCAA hates their athletes and hates their fans. So not a big deal. But hey, they gave us 100% capacity. Yeah, big deal. That's actually that's a big huge. Deal. It's going to be very fun. Like I didn't think that was going to happen. So I was getting really nervous a few weeks ago when they said, oh, we'll do 50% capacity. And I was like, I don't know, man. The Astros are about to open up at the end of May and the Rangers have been open since the beginning of time. People are getting vaccinated. They're getting out in public. They're being more comfortable without masks. Some people aren't comfortable without masks, so they wear them and they're still comfortable in public. Capacities are weird based on where you play. Nebraska, does anyone live there? That's my question. Anyone live in Nebraska? If you're listening to this and you live in Nebraska, tweet us because I'd like to meet you. You may be the first person we ever met from Nebraska. I'm kidding. I, I, I swam with a girl that came from Nebraska. She was from Omaha, I believe. So there is at least four people that live in Nebraska. That's There's going to be an interesting thing. So obviously I'm looking a little bit ahead. The regional start June 4th through the 7th. Supers June 11th through the 14th. And then Omaha June 19th through the 30th. And I'm going to be in Mexico starting the 16th of June. And then I get back. And then I just may be on a one-way flight from Mexico to Omaha to get some content out because um, this trip was planned pre pre-planned and I had no say in, in that. So um, I'm going to be watching the first, the first few games in Omaha in, uh, in Cabo San Lucas. So that'll be fun, but I wish I was in Omaha just to be there for the opening ceremonies and all that. Um, not to look too far ahead, but. So yeah, I, I have nothing booked. I will not be going unless Mississippi state makes it. It's what my family has decided. We will not be booking anything till we know which is like a week beforehand so it's going to be very stressful trying to get tickets and planes and all that kind of stuff but if mississippi state makes it i'm going and we got a pop-up content coming so if you're not a mississippi state fan you better start rooting for mississippi state because i mean do you not want a podcast recorded in omaha that would be cool at the stadium maybe td ameritrade give us some passes i don't know not a big deal unbiased national college baseball journalist i will not wear my mississippi state uh jersey i won't i'll wear the oregon one instead but yeah postseason's here college baseball chaos is continuing it's going to get crazier and more chaotic and i'm just excited does you got anything else to add to that no i mean it's here right like we've been we've been talking about it been thinking about it been dreaming about it and we were robbed absolutely robbed uh, of a year last year and um i'm just trying to enjoy every moment um we have the conference tournaments kicking off um obviously the pac 12 is playing their own their own weekend games to wrap up the season this weekend um but this is more baseball more more content for for me and you and all all the fans and everyone listening and tuning in so uh i just i just want to soak it all in yeah, and as a college baseball fan, if you're listening to this, you know that feeling. You got a little bit of butterflies right now. SEC and Big 12 tournaments are starting tomorrow. 
just get excited, get ants because we finally got postseason college baseball back after a year of not even having conference play. So we've made it a long way. No mask, just vibes. We're going to games, 100% capacities. If you can go to a game, I highly recommend it because there's almost nothing like a college baseball regional, super regional. I've never been to Omaha. Hopefully I get to go this year. But a super regional or a regional, there, there's nothing like it. If you're with your home crowd, if your team's hosting a regional, you got to go. It's There's nothing like it. And this is the Road to Omaha podcast. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter, at Road to Omaha pod. Follow Apollo at Apollo H-O-U. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe if you haven't. Mississippi State has got to make it to Omaha so I can get there. I'm just letting you all know so you don't get angry at us, all right? That's, that's the Road to Omaha podcast.